episode is sponsored by award-winning book, Spirit of the Woods, the story of a young woman's encounter with Bigfoot by James Allen Ross. Hey, boo things. It's your girl, Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to Just Ghouly Things. Hey, boo things. Welcome back to Just Ghouly Things. And we are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. To get us ready for the holiday season to wrap up 2021, Lily and I thought it would be a great idea to make one of our last episodes of the year 2021 be about spooky, kooky, ooky, holiday-based ghost encounter stories. Yes, absolutely, definitely. That's a really great point, Diane. Thank you for bringing that up. (laughs) So on that note, Lily, do you want to start off with your first story? It would be an honor. I have, we haven't read stories in so long. I'm like nervous. I'm going to be like tripping over my words. I was a little nervous getting back into it. I'm not going to lie, but the booth things have been wanting us back on the air for a while now. And that's what we're going to give them. It feels so good to be wanted. My story is by substantial underscore cow 9413. It's called received a special Christmas gift. When I was young, I got married to a guy that I will call Jack for the story's sake. Jack's mom is involved in the story, and I will call her Mary. Jack and I got married young, and divorce ensued a few years later. I just want to issue also a trigger warning for anyone who struggles with mental health or anything like that. He had developed some issues that I was not equipped to deal with, including constantly threatening suicide if I did not give in to his demands. The marriage was emotionally taxing and toxic. That being said, we loved each other very much. When I went, when I left for the last time, he did as expected and prescribed emotional blackmail. Jack said, as I am sure has been said to others, quote, I will not live without you. In a weird way, I believed him, but I was not sure how it would all play out. Besides, that wouldn't happen to me. Not really. Fast forward 10 years post-divorce to this man. I hear he goes downhill. It's heartbreaking. I'm devastated. I try to reach out. For all the issues, there was a tremendous amount of love. However, I had to move on. Ten years later, I'm remarried, have kids, and a happy little suburban family. On my seven-year wedding anniversary to my then-current husband, yes, he divorced me. Uh, This death was a factor. I get a phone call that would change my entire world. Jack has chosen my anniversary to, this is graphic, I'm just going to say, take his own life. I could hardly process. I fell apart. So we had just moved cross country and I drove red eye back to my hometown to see Jack's mom, Mary, on Christmas Day. See his room, his home, his things, say goodbye to him and maybe try to get some closure. Mary had let very few people in to do what I was doing, so I was honored and grateful. I got the courage to ask him for a memento as I had nothing left to remember him by, or ask for a memento, sorry. I knew I needed something. She let me stay in his room a while, talk to him, look around. I wasn't sure what I would want to take, but I knew when I saw it that it would speak to me. Jack, among other things, had OCD, literal diagnosis. His clothing was very, was kept impeccable. It appeared he had just done laundry and there was a stack of precision folded clothing on on a chair. I decided I might like a hoodie, preferably one I could remember him wearing. 
I knew the things on the chair were probably newer items, but I looked through them anyways. Mary talked with me the whole time, looking at each item with me. As I suspected, I found nothing on the chair. Then I looked through his closet and trunk, thinking I might find older items. Nothing. Mary and I continued. I was just happy to be there and say goodbye, see his things, his life. I told Mary, thank you. I told Jack that I loved him probably for the 12,000th time I was thinking of leaving. I, of course, had been crying and turned one last time to look at his room. I could smell him. I could hear him. I just needed one last look. I knew I would never be in there again. When I turned around on the top of the stack of the chair was a hoodie I had bought him when we were kids. I'd know it anywhere. He wore it constantly. He loved it. I know for certain, and Mary was with me, that hoodie was not on the chair, and I had not seen it in any of his clothing. I felt this gush of love and warmth, and I knew without a doubt that Jack was there in that room, and I had gotten a Christmas gift. I still have a hard time wrapping my head around it, even all these years later. This is a sweet story. It's a Christmas story, but it's also, I think, kind of something that we all need to hear around the holiday season, since we're around our loved ones. Right, We're around our family, we're around our friends, our friends' families even. You know, you don't really think of that, you know, but you have these best friends. Like I think of your family and how much I love them, you know, how much I love Mike and both of your parents and how what amazing people they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, I feel like it's important to kind of remember that we're really lucky to have these people in our lives Especially, I'm going to cry. I'm tearing up. I'm sorry. But around the holidays, you know, we all talk about peace and love and our family and everything. But I feel like you still kind of just say it and it loses its meaning. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I feel like people are so in autopilot nowadays that they Mm -hmm. just say things because it sounds good, but they don't actually think about what they're saying or how their actions really do impact other people. Exactly. I think that's think- an interesting story too, just because yeah. there was that hoodie that was not there or that this person mm-hmm. didn't notice at first. And then yeah. when she needed it the most, this hoodie that he just happened to wear all the time, she saw and is able to have that kind of as a reminder that even if our physical bodies are no longer on this earth, our souls, like who their spirit is still amongst us. And that's just like a nice materialistic reminder that even though they physically may not be here, they'll always be in our hearts, which I think is a beautiful message during the holidays too. I love that. Yeah. People spend a lot of holidays missing their loved ones. You know, it's always your first Christmas without one person and your first new year's Eve or, you know, without whatever. So that's, um, I couldn't have said it better than you though. So anyways, that's my story. That's the Hallmark story, the ABC family story of the episode. Your turn. Okay. My story is titled, A Christmas Ghost Helps Find Scotch Tape. A true story. It starts. (laughs) It starts by saying, I grew up in a huge Italian family. Every Christmas Eve, 30 plus would descend on my grandparents' sprawling ranch house to undertake that most sacred of Italian traditions, the Feast of the Seven Fishes. Hey! 
<laughs> no, no one really knows where the feast comes from. It's apparently not that popular in Italy itself, but in Italian American circles, it is a sacred quest, a nigh religious observation. Eat seven fishes and no meat on Christmas Eve. Being the children and grandchildren of poor Italian immigrants, fish had a, shall we say, expansive definition. There were no fish you would recognize. We ate things like octopus and conch, and most were mixed up in a slimy cold salad called everything salad. Oh. <laughs> Despite this horrible dinner, or perhaps in spite of it, people would gather on Christmas Eve starting very early in the day and would continue until nearly midnight. Now, I was eight at the time, back in the 80s, and the person aside from my parents I was closest to in the world was my 21-year-old uncle. In a way that I imagine must have been very annoying to a 21-year-old, I followed, <laughs> I followed him around everywhere, wanting to hang out with him, play video games, all that. But he was always super cool about it, and we would hang out for hours on this extended Christmas Eve. Being 21, he wasn't very organized and had left his gift wrapping to the last minute. At some point in the mid-afternoon, he called me aside and told me to come up to his room. An attic converted into a living space so I could help him wrap. I eagerly followed. This attic was a testament to 70s quick, cheap renovation. It was big. <laughs> it was big, the length of the house, and it had a shag carpet, wood paneling, single board bookshelves filled with books about the paranormal and alien abductions on the wall. The walls were lined with posters for, of Pink Floyd and Peter Gabriel. A pile of gifts and wrapping sat on his bed. Hey, Jim, not my real name, of course. Where's the tape? I quickly looked around and I could find the tape and save Christmas. But, <laughs> but it was nowhere around. Not on the shelves, not on his desk, not on the bed. Go downstairs and ask your mom for the tape. I ran downstairs and asked my mom for the tape. She had no idea, so I asked Grandma. She said my uncle had it. None of the 30 or so people there knew where the tape was, or if they did, they said Andy, also not his real name, had it. I ran back upstairs. He had clearly thrown the room apart looking for it and was standing, hands on hips, looking around near the north end of the room. Grandma says you have it. I left it right here, he pointed towards his bed angrily. I, wa I was watching him closely. God damn it, where the fuck is this goddamn tape? <laughs> Not very in the Christmas spirit, so uptight about some tape. That's actually true. It's the season of giving. Maybe go ask some your neighbor for tape. Right? Anyway, I can't explain to you what happened next. My eyes were locked on him as he looked at the bed. Then something I have no logical explanation of, that there is no logical explanation for, happened. I saw, with my very own eyes, the roll of scotch tape pop into existence above his head and slightly behind him. It hung there for half a second before hitting the ground with a small rattle. His arm still pointing at the bed, he wheeled around, now pointing at the tape. Jim, did you? He wheeled around and looked at me. I can only imagine the look on my face. I felt my eyes wide. I felt the simple inability for me to compute what I had just witnessed with my own two eyes. A roll of scotch tape, the very half-used roll of scotch tape we were looking for, literally popping into existence in midair and falling to the floor. His, his face mirrored mine as the terror of what just happened hit him. We stared at each other for a beat and then both ran top speed downstairs. 
We told everyone. No one believed us. The general consensus was that Andy had tricked me, was playing a Christmas prank, but I knew he wasn't. I saw it. I saw that roll of scotch tape pop into existence, out of nothing, with my own two eyes above his head. He could not have been holding it or have taped it to his back. It just simply appeared. He and I are both older now, and we talk about this every Christmas. (laughs) Neither of us have an explanation. Nothing like this has ever happened again to either of us. But that day, I saw nothingness become scotch tape. At least we were able to finish wrapping the gifts. The end. Wait, I'm kind of living for this story. This This is a first. This is a first. This literally... Uh, first of all, scotch tape popping what up. What a random, door. what a random, like, focal point of the story. <laughs> like, I want to know, is this house, was the house haunted? And, like, the the ghost was just trying to pull a prank on them? Mm-hmm. Or, like, is this, like, maybe the ghost of a loved one that, like, comes by every Christmas Eve and wants to make their presence oh, known? That's true. Is it, like, oh, my gosh, like a prankster uncle or something because that's a thousand percent gonna be my dad this one is called it's by sociopath 001 i'm kind of nervous now um it's called christmas morning i threw the keyhole um and it says okay so this happened to me when i was around 10 years old this little story haunts me to this day and i can still see it all happening in my head First, I have to clear things up. In my country, we celebrate Christmas on the 24th. In the evening, we get there and open our presents. This happened on the same day in the morning. We live in a small house. It's not old or anything. My parents actually built it back in 1998. It's a two-story house, and that Christmas, we had the tree in the upper room, my brother's room. My father locked the room for obvious reasons, so no one could come in the room before Christmas Eve, no one but my parents. That morning, I was so excited for the presents, so I woke up early, and the room was obviously still locked. Both my parents and my brother were asleep. I rushed over to wake them, but I didn't because I wanted to check if there were any presents under the tree already. (laughs) To be clear, I saw them both still asleep this morning. Instead, I snuck, back to the, I snuck back to the room where the Christmas tree was and looked through the keyhole. I expected to see a lot of presents lying under the tree, but instead I saw a big shadow, like something big was lying in front of the tree. I stared at it for a little while when it suddenly begins to move. It was definitely not human. It looked like it jumped in the room and even got on the ceiling. You can actually see the tree, the window, and a little bit of the room. Then I saw it jump out of my vision, still in the room. A few seconds later, I saw an eye staring back at me through the keyhole. No! No! I was, yeah. Ugh. I have to say, that's one reason I don't like to snoop in, like, keyholes or, like, pull open a flashlight in, a, in an abandoned place or, like, a dark place. Yeah, curiosity kills the cat, guys. You never heard of it? Yeah, literally. Um, Okay, I was scared and jumped back, but did not look again. My parents didn't believe me when I told them what happened. I still don't know what it could be, and I think I never will. Um, Obviously, Rebecca, this was Krampus. No, that is honestly horrifying. Like, imagine looking through something, and 
like wanting to see something, but obviously thinking you're not going to see something. And then you look through and there's just a whole ass fucking other eye staring back at you. I'd rather not imagine that. I would would simply pass away. I actually had a nightmare about something like this last night where I was in, I was like, I don't remember what the hell I was doing. Oh, I was in an abandoned mall. No stores, the saddest mall ever. And we like went into, you know how like malls and stores on the street like have those metal gates that yeah. they pull down in the lock so no one can get in. We like lifted up one of those and went into this dark ass room. Like it was completely dark. And someone told me to like take a flash picture. Mm-hmm. And I literally don't remember what happened. I just remember being terrified to do it because I was like, you don't know what's in here. What if it lights up and shows something? There is nothing creepier now that I'm thinking about it than an abandoned mall. That's it's so pretty, scary, right? That needs to be like a horror film. I'm in this group on Facebook called The Back Rooms. And it's basically like all creepy, eerie places, like things that just don't seem right. And um, there's a lot of like abandoned malls or um, like shopping districts that are just like ghost towns. And it's scary. Uh, Oh, there was an abandoned spa once. So it just had like this pool, like with steps down into it with like nothing, but it was still clean. I'm telling you. Wait, what is this Facebook group called? It's called The Back Rooms. I'll add you to it after. Yeah. It's so scary. Because I need to see this. Uh, Some people also like will Photoshop things like, you know, create scary rooms or whatever. It's horrifying. It's crazy. So my second story is titled, I had my first ghost encounter this Christmas. Now, this Christmas was actually the year 2017, but this is an older post. My boyfriend and his family live in a haunted house. Over the past two years, he had told me lots of stories about the shit that happens from hearing footsteps, doors opening and closing, and a den that gives you horrible nightmares if you sleep in there. The closest I came to anything was one time my boyfriend and I were laying in his bed when he sat up and closed the doors. I asked him what that was about, and he said, oh, there was a bald guy in the hallway. Of course, that's the exact moment my bladder decided I needed to pee, but then I didn't see anything. Like, I love how he's like, oh, yeah, I just saw a bald guy in the hallway. That's fine. But, like, it wasn't even a family member. It's just, like, a whole-ass ghost. So he just Yeah, I saw a ghost. It's nothing. Just close the door on it. It's fine. It won't bother us. Imagine, like, I couldn't handle if someone said, oh, I just saw a mouse. I'd, I, I'd lose my shit. <laughs> and you want to make it a whole ass ghost? A bald guy, nonetheless? Yeah. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. So on Christmas, I came over for dinner and went right up to my boyfriend's room to put my stuff away. As I'm undoing my jackets, the doorknob to his brother's room begins to jiggle. Thinking it's just someone in there, I don't pay it any mind until I watch the door open and no one is in there. Likely, by the time I realized what happened, my boyfriend had come to find me, so I wasn't alone. To make things worse, I told his dad, and his dad said, just don't acknowledge them. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> when I told my boyfriend's mom, she said, Cody, my boyfriend's little brother, was up all night because shit was happening. Of course, I had to text my sister to which she said, and I quote, don't bring that shit home. Sprinkle yourself in salt. Walk out the door backwards. Start yourself on fire. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a sister thing to say. Start yourself on fire. Uh, Honestly. Even after that, I stayed for dinner and the night. 
I know it wasn't much, but seeing it with my own eyes had me a full-on believer. Wow. Could you imagine people being so cool about that? Yeah, like, this is like it's, a no, it's a normal occurrence. We're cool with them. They pay rent. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. If they pay rent, honestly. That's so uncomfortable. It's so unsettling knowing that there's something in your house that you can't see, but it can see you. Yeah, but apparently not to these people who live there. I, I know. I, I guess they must be so used to it that like they must have been dealing with this for such a long time that it really is just a common occurrence. And clearly, but clearly this spirit too isn't a bad spirit. Yeah, it could just be like a residual type of moment. But here's the thing. I, I don't know how to put the. I mean, I, if, okay, the second I see a ghost in my damn house, I would probably, you know, the first time think it was in my head or like pretend it was in my head. But if it becomes a regular thing, I'm moving the fuck out. So we do owe these people like, you know, a round of applause for just sticking with it. Do you think like the parents were maybe like kind of playing it cool so that their kids didn't get super freaked out about it? That would make sense because I know parents. You know how parents do that? Like when, um, like when a toddler like falls on their butt, you go, oopsie, instead of, oh my God, are you okay? Because, yeah, like, like you make it fun so that they don't think it's a big deal. Exactly. Like I remember I first noticed that when my cousin, who's now like a junior in high school, but he, when he was a baby, like he would fall and he would like look at us for a second, you know, to almost, I guess. I haven't observed a lot of babies and toddlers, but I guess like to see how we feel. Yeah. Like a monkey see, monkey do moment. But I feel like that could also be the reason they're like, oh, just ignore them. Like they're probably scared shitless too still, but they don't want to freak out their kids or any visitors or guests. Oh, for sure. Yeah. My last story is called Mystery Figure on Christmas. And this is by Raspberry Waterfall. Sorry, I had to burp. Okay. (laughs) When I was eight or nine, I saw something weird on Christmas Eve. This was many, many years ago, but I still remember it like it was yesterday. I still believed in Santa Claus then, as a good amount of children do, and I had the usual anxiety and excitement for Santa to leave Christmas presents by the tree. After I went to bed, I had trouble going to sleep with holiday nerves and such. I had finally drifted off when I woke up to the sound of soft footsteps somewhere in my room. I automatically assumed it was Santa Claus, and I was scared to see him for fear he might leave or his magic will fail. I opened one eye, just barely, and saw this black figure standing over my bed staring at me. Oh, hell no. Yeah, that's immediately when you're like, okay, so Santa Claus is fake. It was tall, probably around six feet tall, and it was completely dark. It looked almost blacker than black in a way. I couldn't see any eyes, a mouth, or a nose on it, but I could clearly see the outline of a head, arms, body, and legs. It looked like a bigger person, so thinking it was Santa just made sense. I stayed in one spot for 10, maybe 15 seconds until it took a few steps closer. Oh, no. It leaned in a little more, still a few feet away from me, and then stayed there for 10 or 15 seconds more. I just got chills. (laughs) Even though I couldn't see a face, I knew it was looking right at me. It's just that weird feeling you get when you know you're being watched or looked at. 
I totally know that one. Um, I closed my eyes again and waited for a few minutes. When I looked back, it was gone. I lived in a pretty old house at the time, so the doors and floorboards were squeaky and loud. I heard the footsteps, but I never heard the door open. I never saw this figure again, though I've had some other spooky experiences in this house. I asked my mom if she heard Santa when he came into my room last night, and she looked confused for a second. Then she played along and just assumed I was lying. I know this wasn't a person, and I know this wasn't a dream. I also know that spirits and entities are often attracted to lots of excitement and energy, so Christmas would be a perfect time for a ghost to pass through. That's terrifying. I have to call Krampus again on this one. It's a Krampus Christmas for me. (laughs) I feel like if that shit had happened to me, I would just 86 Christmas altogether. Because I would always associate Christmas with that experience. I would like, yeah, I'd be like, okay, last time we put out cookies and milk for Santa. Um, his evil twin came in and watched me sleep. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, so, um, yeah, maybe we're going to put salt on the doorways instead. <laughs> to be honest with you, the idea of Santa, though, is kind of creepy. That, like, this big man just comes down your chimney. You feed their reindeer, and then he, like, leaves stuff for you. And, like, he watches you all year, see if you've been a good or bad girl or boy. That's fucking weird. Were you ever one of those kids who was afraid of uh, Santa Claus or like the Tooth Fairy or anything? I really wasn't. No, I never was afraid of them. Were you? Um. Well, even as a kid, I wasn't really big on the Tooth Fairy. Like, I didn't really like. I when I saw my brother getting like Tooth Fairy stuff, like obviously I believed in it. But then when I was old enough and I lost my first tooth, I was like seven. I was like, "There's no way. Like, there's no way." But I still believed in Santa. Um, what I was scared of was the Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny is a creepy... Easter Bunny, out of all of them, was probably the creepiest to me if I had to choose. Because mm-hmm. you're talking human-sized bunny. Exactly. Well, I didn't picture a human-sized bunny. I pictured, when I thought of the Easter Bunny, like a human in a bunny suit. But, like, my grandma used to have this cheap bunny suit that she would put on. It was terrifying. And she'd put it on every Easter. And we'd sit on the Easter bunny's lap. And, like, you'll see pictures of it. It's terrifying. So I guess that's what I pictured, like, bouncing around my house, leaving eggs behind for me. Like, that was what I thought the Easter bunny was. That is Like, this terrifying. Like, I didn't picture it as a man in an Easter bunny suit. I imagined it being a living bunny that looked like the suit. Or, like, a living something hopping around my house. Like, that's what I pictured. So, like, it wasn't that you thought that the Easter Bunny was really a bunny. You thought it was just a human in a bunny costume just hopping around your house. I thought it was, like, a. I didn't think it was a human in a costume, right? Like, I thought it was really, like, some humanoid thing. Like, I didn't see it as a bunny, but I didn't see it as a human. Yeah, that's even more fucking horrifying. Yeah. Like, you made it even worse for yourself. <laughs> I guess I was being a little dramatic, shockingly. <laughs> but I literally pictured, like, imagine one of those suits just come to life. Like, there's something in there, but it's not a human in the suit, right? Because I still didn't know it was a suit. I didn't know it was a human in a suit. I thought that was what the Easter Bunny was. With these weird, crazy, sunken eyes and oh, this discolored the big rabbit eyes. head. Yeah. This matted fur and a 
creepy smile. Like I thought that was coming into my house at night. Then no one told your grandmother is probably time to like just 86 the fucking costume. I think she did after a while, but I know that she gave it a couple, she gave it a couple good years. But is this also the grandmother that has all the creepy dolls? Yes, this is the very same. <laughs> the very on brand. <laughs> yeah, she definitely um, has her own way of viewing things. She definitely has a, spe- has a specific taste. I mean, listen, she was married to my grandfather. She can't be scared of much. And enough said. <laughs> enough said. Okay. So, so my, you have one more? I, I do. My last story. Yay! My last story is titled, I think I encountered a mimic? Question mark. Oh, I saw this one. Oh, you did? I didn't read it. Okay. I didn't read it. Well, this is how it goes. So I, male, 30, haven't had a paranormal experience of any kind until this past weekend. I was staying in the guest room at my father's house, which has quilts from each of my ancestors hanging on the walls. My father's house is new, brand new in fact. They moved in this April after the house burned down on Christmas Eve of 2019. They'd only been living in the house a couple of months before the exterior fireplace connected to the house lit the roof on fire. The house is enormous. The room I'm staying in shares the wall with a bathroom on the west and a room with a full bar to the north. That room connects with the living room slash kitchen to the north, which is huge. I'd say the distance between the guest bedroom and the living room is as long as a bus, so there's a bit of distance away. I'm sitting in bed, passively playing Animal Crossing just after midnight, maybe 12.30, when I hear my dad talking on the phone. He's absolutely a workaholic, so for a second I didn't think much of it, but he retired a few months ago and doesn't stay up late at all anymore. The conversation sounded pretty tense, and I couldn't quite hear all that was being discussed, my dad sounded very matter-of-fact. From what little I picked up on, he was aggressively trying to explain his reasoning for disliking some guy. I got closer to the door to hear better, not wanting to open it and disturb him, but the sound didn't get any louder. I decided to open the door, and when I did, the voice disappeared. I like white noise to sleep, but my dad hates it, so he keeps his house dead quiet. I walked into the living room trying to hear whatever might be going on, but it remained silent. I shook it off and decided to use the bathroom right before bed. I sat down on the toilet, phone in hand, and proceeded to drop the kids off at the pool. <laughs> You're 12. You are. T- that is hysterical. I, I'm going to start using that when I tell you, when I'm telling you I'm about to shit. I'm going to say, I'm just dropping the kids off at the pool. You've never heard that one before? <laughs> no. This is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. You never, I oh, okay. That's why you got so excited. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. How have I not heard of this? I'll send you a bunch of more euphemisms that I've heard along the line. Okay. Oh my God. Yes. And you know, and you know, that you know that I am very vocal about my bowel movements. So I'm so excited that I have something new to use to my artillery. I love this. Then I heard my sister's voice closer than my father's voice was, and clearer as well. My sister is very much into the paranormal and is very much convinced that paranormal things are happening to her. She certainly has treated a Ouija board as a toy for many years and always desired to have a ghostly encounter, so I'm not sure if she provoked something or not. 
I remain skeptical, but am reevaluating those feelings now. She recently had a baby and was staying the night at my dad's because the baby was sick. I still couldn't phrase what was being said, but I could tell I could tell she was telling a story. The only clear thing I heard was, he has killed and he will kill again. And that was more than enough for me to pinch it off, wash my hands, no. run to bed as fast as I could. <laughs> <laughs> I put in headphones and stayed up for another hour and watched Animaniacs until I was tired enough to sleep. When I turned off the phone and took out my headphones, I could hear my dad's voice again. It sounded like it came from the bed I was in and it said, hey, bud, just like my dad does. Only there was nobody there. I think I encountered a mimic, though I'm not entirely sure. I'm just curious what everyone has to think and how I can best avoid pissing it off or preferably never hearing from it ever again. The end. I really, honestly, that story filled so many different, like, subcategories and hit so many points. I don't even have anything to say. So I thought it was interesting for this story because it seems like the paranormal activity could have been stirred up from that Christmas Eve when their house caught on fire and they had to rebuild. And as you know, when buildings are being rebuilt or there's construction, sometimes that conjures up paranormal activity. And so I'm thinking maybe the paranormal activity could have been triggered from the renovations of their home. See, I was thinking that too, and I wasn't sure. You cleared it up now, but I wasn't sure. Their house, like, burned down, and I wasn't sure if they, like, were on the same property in the new house. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't sure yeah. of that, but you cleared that up. So that's definitely, yeah, that would be that would be my guess too. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think those were some really interesting holiday spooky kooky ooky stories. Lily, what do you think? <laughs> I'm still laughing about pinched it off. I just cannot believe the drop the kids off at the pool. It's like now that I want that on a t-shirt. I can't believe you've never heard that before. I probably have in passing and it went so over my head. That's that could be, yeah. Because but that still, was something that happened to me. <laughs> I love it. I feel like this is a great episode because we've hit like every type of story, like tone of a story yeah. like we've covered them all we've covered the semi-sad bittersweet we've covered the ridiculous tape monster we've got the kind of scary but funny like we've, we've got them all i think that is the perfect way to wrap up an episode of just glowy things right before the holiday season right before the end of the year i'm hoping we can get one more episode in before the new year to start off 2022 strong what do you think lily i am very very hopeful we can Perfect. And I'm pretty sure we can. We were gone for a while, but that was just to make you want us more, Boo Thangs. That's the whole thing is I feel like you don't know what you got until it's gone. And not that we ever left, but we've just been busy. We have our own lives outside of recording just ghouly things, but we are still here. We're back and better than ever. And we will continue to make new episodes of Just Glory Things going into 2022. So don't worry, boo things. We are back. And uh, we won't leave you hanging for much longer, I promise. Well, on that note, do you want to shout out our socials, Lily? I'd love to. 
All right, let's do it. You can follow us on Instagram at Just Ghouly Things Podcast. And our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari. Twitter, JGT Podcast. Facebook like page, Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Facebook private group, Just Ghouly Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon, Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Buy our merch, tpublic.com or rebeccaruper.com slash shop. <laughs> and if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience you'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at justghoulythingspodcast at gmail.com. I'm not going to lie. The monotone <laughs> Lily Baldessari is absolutely horrifying and I hope to never experience that ever again. So thank you. I wanted to shake things up a little today. Well, they are shaken, stirred, and I never want to revisit that. So thank you. <laughs> All right, Boo Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you, Boo, next week. Goodbye. Alex Knight, the world's foremost authority on Bigfoot research, heads to Canada to investigate a profoundly incredible Bigfoot encounter. His daughter, Sydney, eagerly joins the expedition. Accompanied by reluctant Toronto television hostess Amira Ali, Sid and her father's team adventure north in pursuit of the legendary Sasquatch. Prophecy from a forgotten Algonquin tribe and a mystical calling deeply connects Sydney to the creature. The revelation of unknown truths ensures that Sydney will never see the forest or herself the same again. Get your copy of James Allen Ross's Spirit of the Woods, the story of a young woman's encounter with Bigfoot. Now for the price of $9.99 paperback and $0.99 cents on Kindle. Available on Amazon now.